Well, I have the distinct privilege of introducing a friend of mine, and soon to be a friend of all of yours, uh, Victor, Pastor Victor, you can come up, Pastor. Uh, Pastor Victor, I met, I think sometime in the 90s at, uh, in the city of Samara in Russia. It's the third largest city, I believe, in Russia, on the Volga River. I think so. Yeah, Okay. And he was a student at that time in the uh, seminary there. And then in 2009, he joined another man, um, Evgeny uh, Batmutsky. And together with some other people, they planted a church in Moscow, city of Moscow. Now, they went there. They didn't have relatives or a whole group of people to receive them. So they were like Abraham, <laughs> going where they knew not. And, uh, you know, Moscow is a major world city. It's huge. And uh, there they were casting a little stone into a big, big lake in Moscow. And by God's grace, that church has grown uh, to 400 members. And yesterday, the report that he brought to us from Moscow and the things that God is doing, they've planted one church and now are in the midst of planting another and LifeGate would like to come alongside them and help them uh, support the pastor of that new church plant. Um, so it's with much joy that I bring uh, Victor to you, and I'll let him uh, bring his word of greeting, but also uh, his word from God's word. Thank you. Thank you a lot. I would like that I have the same accent uh, that Jake has. Uh, unfortunately, I'm afraid that my sermon will be determined for you because of my Russian accent and because of some words I try to pronounce correctly, but uh, I made a lot of mistakes, especially in grammar. So anyway, uh, I would like we uh, draw attention to the God's word, and I suppose that we will read uh, from First uh, Peter, chapter 4, and we'll read together from verse 12. May suppose that we'll stand as an honor to God's word and we'll read it aloud. Beloved, do not be surprised at fearly odd among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so, so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Make sure that none of this suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is, glori is, to, glor is to glorify God in his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the house of God. And if it is, it begins with, with us first. What will become to the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to the faithful creator in doing what is right. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this word. You blessed us through the, your apostle Peter and we ask you that you enlighten our soul with your light, that you heal us, that you help us. I tremendously need of your help to explain your word and to apply it to our own life. 
I pray for your glorious name. Amen. Please be seated. I think many of you read Corrie ten Boom books, uh, The Hiding Place. She describes how she and her family in the Netherlands uh, saved Jewish during the World War II. Unfortunately, they were discovered and uh, they sent to concentration camp Ravensburg. Corrie and her sister uh, Barry, uh, Betsy prayed to God uh, to place them somewhere they could read the gospel with fellow inmate and uh, share with them the gospel. Instead, they found, uh, they found themselves in the barrack with three rows uh, wooden bunks separated by narrow aisles. There is no room to sit or to stretch. A full-smelled straw was their bedding. Within seconds, they felt bites. It turns out that the entire barracks was inf infected with fleas. Could you imagine? Show us what to do, sisters prayed. They crawled into the narrow aisle, ensuring gods couldn't see them, and began reading from the small Bible, the first letter to Thessalonians. Comfort the uh, faint-hearted, Support the weak, be patient with everyone. It seems like these words were written especially for Ravensbrück. However, as they continue reading, they came to the verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The sisters thank God for that they are not separated. They had... Everything in their hands. Uh, the women in this barrack could hear the God's word. And Corey began to thank God uh, for tightness. But her tongue stumbled. How could she thank God for fleas? Was it really a gift of, from God? Did God want her and her sister to be in this terrible place? It turns out, yes. Later, the sister realized that precisely since the barrack was full of fleas, gods really visited it. And Corey and Betsy could hold the evangelical gathering to hear. Something awful, something unpleasant was turned out into a great blessing by God. Maybe we would like to have... Uh, our life, something predictable, as comfortable, uh, without uh, any problems, or they could be minimized by easily solution. Psychologists suggest that people, uh, psychologists suggest that, uh, that people find emotionally uh, in psychologically comfortable place. Uh, they suggest get rid of any toxic people. Have you heard about that? Yeah? They're trying to achieve any balance. But Lord purposely He put us into the difficult circumstances. He will explore uh, that uh, we can have joy in the difficulties and in sufferings. And uh, what reason, reasons can motivate believers to experience profound joy in the suffering for Christ? What reasons? And from this uh, chapter we will see at least two or three inspiring motive, motives that help us to have deep joy in suffering for Christ. Three inspiring motives. First of all, we can have unity with our Savior. Verses from 12 to 14. Secondly, that's an honor for us as believers to have a suffering for Christ. And thirdly, from verses 17 till 19, that's an instrument for our purification. Let's turn from this first inspiring motives. Rejoice in suffering for Christ because 
that our unity with the Savior. So, uh, let's read the verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fearly trials when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So, do you see this? Uh, Apostle Peter, he said, don't be surprised. Don't be ashamed. Uh, don't be astonished or shocked when you, uh, your eyes are opened widely because something strange happened with you. We all live in a fallen, fallen world. Uh, we are difficulties, suffering, illnesses, a natural part of this world. More than that, we are at the hostile relationship with this world or worldly values. Do you remember that Christ, he said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute whom? You. That's me. That's you. Christ was rejected by his own people. Should we be uh, surprised if our own family, our friends, uh, don't accept you? No. That's our part. And do you see that the hero, uh, Peter, he said, that's a f- uh, fiery, fiery uh, trials. So he highlights here intensity or severity of these trials. That's really hard for us. Remember, at those time, uh, Belarus, they burned, it, uh, burned alive at Nero's garden. Serving it as a church torturer to illuminate the pleasure of Roman citizenship, citizens. So, we have a lot of trials. That's uh, natural for us. For me, uh, that's a trial to write a book. Uh, I just start, not just, I started uh, to write a book about uh, how to counsel people uh, coming to death. Uh, that's hard for me. I, I pray, people in our church, in my church, please pray for me. I need to keep going, but please pray for me. That's just a uh, usual tries for all of us. More than that, uh, Peter, at the verse uh, 13, he says, that's our participation uh, alongside with Christ. So, do you see here, he says, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering. We don't need to be uh, wear a smile uh, uh, or experience some, uh, some inner joy. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Peter uh, says that. Uh, we do not need to wear a smile when we experience moral or physical suffering. In his understanding, joy is something uh, deep that happiness uh, or delight when we have inside of us. We can experience joy in, in the source of great delight because Lord of, of Christ, Lord, our Christ in his glory is our greatest desire. Is our greatest pleasure. We can hear, we can have such joy because we united with Him. Do you see here? That's a Christ suffering. That's not just we suffered by ourselves. In other words, faith unites the disciples' suffering with the suffering of our Lord. He becomes our participant in the suffering. Uh, of our Savior, of our Lord Christ. I remember the time my mentor, dear Pastor Victor Rigozov, uh, he wanted to become a doctor. And he enrolled at medical school and uh, he was quite well academically. However, uh, in some time, Communist Party at the university found out that a Baptist was infiltrated the ranks of the students. 
Since all the attempts uh, to dissuade the not confirming students uh, were unsuccessful, uh, they resorted to, to the simplest method to show these rebellious students that he is not enough uh, to pass the test. Many years later, I talked with a professor of the psycho uh, philosophy at this university. And uh, he told me this story. Uh, Viktor Gozov uh, was already answered all the questions perfectly, and the professor gave him an excellent mark. After that, uh, uh, when Viktor was uh, already leaving the classroom, uh, he interceded with the head of philosophy department. Uh, he learned that Viktor Rigozov uh, had already received the excellent mark. He took his rec uh, student's record book and made him draw another questions. So, uh, answer the more questions. Believe you or not, but Victor drew the same question at which he answered before. The professor gave him failing grade and sending him to retake the exam. When Victor received unsatisfactory grade on three subjects, he was expelled from the university. That's suffering, Christ's suffering. We united with Christ because we suffered with him and for him. Yeah, in our country right now, we have something like suffering because we are not a Russian Orthodox believer. For example, when our deacons tried to rental uh, a hall for us, we refused several times because we are not Russian Orthodox believer. Our brothers who were drafted into, into the military and who were refused to take a weapon, they... Uh, they are afraid to be in jail. And even one of them, they, uh, he was jailed for two years and a half. Since uh, he has uh, a wife and two kids. So, but uh, when you clearly state your position, for example, you believe that God created the world on literally six days, people who surround you uh, say, oh, Maybe you escape from psychiatric asylum. <laughs> People don't uh, understand when you start to advocating uh, the rights for, of unborn children. That's a suffering, Christ's suffering. And Christ's suffering involves uh, crucifixion of our sinful nature. So do you remember that uh, Romans 6 uh, as Christ died on the cross for sin, our sinfulness uh, is crucified with him. So, uh, our flesh no longer has power over us. Christ practically became our savior. So, that's why Paul, in a letter to Philippians, he says, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering being confirmed to his death, if by any means I may attend to the resurrection from the dead. So do you see here, Paul, he says, being confirmed or transformed into the likeness of Christ. So we have some suffering because we struggle with the sin within us. But Paul, he says here, that you may also rejoice and be glad when you, his gl glory will, uh, is revealed. So, one day, you and I will be able to see manifestation of God's glory. His wisdom in, this, in his redemptive plan. His power of his transformative work in us. Some days it will be. So, more than that, uh, we can rejoice now in our suffering because it reveals the di uh, divine nature within you. So, uh, let's see the verse 14. 
Paul says here, if you are insult, uh, insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. So, if you are, and if you and I, uh, we reproach for the name of Christ, we are blessed. We are really happy in this suffering. Because that's the mark of the Holy Spirit. He is within you. He affirms uh, the unity with the God of the universe. So do you see here the spirit of glory? So disciples, we, as a disciples, we have just a glimpse of the glory that we'll see at the culmination of human history. But right now, we just have a, just a glimpse of the glory which will be in the future. So, and Peter he says here, that uh, spirit of glory, he rests upon you. So, he continues to strengthen you and provide your renewal. The spirit of God doesn't leave uh, believers without any hope, helpless, but he gives you all power to overcome unjust treatment and give you strength not to repay evil for evil, as usually uh, people in this world do. Uh, I've heard a story about Bishop uh, Polycarp of Smyrna. He lived at the mid of the 2nd uh, century, and he was arrested because of his faith and was threatened uh, with death unless uh, he renounced Christian. And to this, the, the bishop replied, for 86 years I served him, he, means, uh, he meant uh, Christ, and he has never done me wrong. How can I bless him, my king and savior? In response to that, the Roman officer said, I respect your age. Just say, away with the atheist, and you will be free. By the atheist, he means Christians who didn't acknowledge Caesar as a lot. The old man stretched out his hand, pointing to the crowd of Roman pagans, and he cried out, Away with the atheists. Polycarp was burned at the stake, and through his death, he brought glory to the name of Christ. But who gave him the power, strength, just to overcome this suffering? Holy Spirit, who was within him. So, nowadays, we have different suffering. Uh, uh, suffering in Russia, the something similar with yours, but in any ways, as followers of Christ, we always uh, be faced with a pain, sweat, tears, blood. Christianity will cost a lot. Friends, I will encourage you to think about suffering as an opportunity to experience Great joy, great joy. Because we, it just marks us a unity with Christ. Unity in suffering, death and resurrection. And the future glories, glory with Christ. I encourage you to boldly face suffering. And we can fa- uh, look at Christ who endure cross instead of joy. But... After that, he received glory. It is uh, much easier to reject suffering, uh, uh, to feel sorry for yourself, to get angry at those who treat you unfairly, to demand punishment to those who wrong you. We uh, something we behave like that. However, I would like you and me to experience how the Holy Spirit will work supernaturally in your life. And I pray right now that you may be strengthened and you have a grace in the suffering. So, 
We see the first inspiring motives because suffering, they show us unity with Christ. Second inspiring uh, motives, rejoice in suffering for Christ because it's an honor for the believer. But uh, when he started to uh, show us that's a real honor for us, Peter made an exception. Please uh, see verse 15. But let none of, uh, of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. So, it could be possible that a person may, uh, may experience some form of distress that outwardly appears to be suffering for Christ. And uh, Peter here, he mentioned several pairs of uh, sins. First of all, murder and fifth. So, uh, it could be that uh, someone commits is in a such offense, and it could be repent, but nevertheless, it should go to police faced with the consequences of their sins. And uh, maybe for the whole uh, life, experience scornful looks or contempt for a long time. It could be. The next prayer, evildoers. Or can, uh, it could be referred to anyone who commits evil in the broader sense of this world. world uh, word, I'm sorry. Uh, and Peter, he was believed that uh, they might be, that uh, they not be labeled as an evildoer. Do you remember that uh, Peter, he always uh, have the, uh, had that uh, labor to himself? Because uh, he was accused like uh, breaking the law, speaking against the temple, rebelled against the government. Uh, it was the same in the Soviet Union. Uh, Baptists were almost, uh, always portrayed as an evildoers who turned off the light in their meeting rooms, uh, prayer houses, in large uh, engages in orgies, sacrificed children, and all this stuff, uh, uh, stories they told about us. But Peter, he says here, that it not be in the real. Or the last word here uh, in our translation is rendered as a meddler, or the one who intrude into others' affairs or staking their nose where they don't belong. It could be the believers who annoyed others with uh, some advices or clever wishes. Ultimately, Christians face rejection, not because of Christ, but because of their foolishness or sinful behavior. So, the opposite to that, Peter, he says, Rejoice in suffering as a follower of Christ. Verse 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. We can uh, feel shame, like a sensation uh, of discomfort, dishonor, feeling ugly or inadequate. But people here, he says, let him glorify God in that name. Perceive this shame as a great privilege. Do you remember that uh, uh, when Peter and John uh, was uh, at the Sanhedrin and they were beaten and they left the council and then left the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were, they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of Christ's name. So, they received their dishonor because that's Christ's suffering. Because they take it like glory for them. I have a relative who moved to the US at the beginning of 2000. And he didn't have a profession uh, and at that time. And need for uh, earn money and prepare to his wedding. And he took a job at the construction he worked with a highly skilled tiler. And that tiler, that's a worker, 
he was from the first day disliked him. My relative Nick uh, told me that the first words uh, he learned in English it were the curse words. Uh, because this guy, this guy, he cursed him every time, every time. And one day, uh, his co-worker uh, uh, became uh, ill, and he was replaced with that uh, person who didn't stand Nick. And see, uh, since this person was his foreman, he didn't talk to Nick uh, or just yell at him. And Nick decided that God himself had given him uh, this situation. And he resolved to show this man as if Christ were right uh, near with him. A week later, this man, Taylor, uh, came to work much earlier. And uh, uh, with a tear in his eyes, he asked Nick for forgiveness for all the harm he had done to him. So, that's really God's work. God's miracle which happened with Nick. Uh, Nick had viewed his colleagues and his foreman as, a, as a, an opportunity to reveal God as an opportunity to ministry, to serve them. So, my question for myself, would I like to reflect uh, criticism, uh, maybe some bad uh, attention to other people who blame me, who not fair with me, I would say that many times my irrational behavior was the source of conflict and misunderstandings. So, do you perceive the, uh, the problems with, uh, with which you face as a great honor? Do you react, uh, react when you uh, go unnoticed? Uh, when you uh, a knowledge that your contribution, uh, which you made, is a pretty value. Do you demand that that uh, you should be noticed, that you should be uh, known? Everyone, you will say that, that's I do this or I do that, and do you uh, demand that people honor you? If it's something, uh, if it doesn't happen, will I say, no, please see at me. Look, pay attention to me. We want an honor. We want that people praise us. But that could be suffering if we just say, okay, I think I'm just a simple person. I give all glory to God. We, will, we can learn to accept injustice as an opportunity to reflect Jesus Christ in his suffering. Please pray this week that you may walk the path of suffering alongside with Christ. To see it as a great privilege to you. Not just endure your spouse or your friends, but find a great honor in your suffering. So we see two inspiring motives. Because, first of all, suffering, it's united us with Christ. Secondly, uh, that help us to see the future glory. And thirdly, rejoice in suffering for Christ because through them God purifies believers. So, please let me, uh, with, uh, together, verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. So, rejoice in uh, God's timely purification work on believers. So, it's time for judgment to begin in the house of God. As believers, we can uh, 
we, we can say, uh, we can think that uh, we may be holy at once. When we repented, we, we became holy without any uh, bad uh, behavior, any faults, any, any sins. But no, this not just happened instantly. And that's why. But God's providence, he worked with us step by step. He corrects us. Uh, he, will, uh, he will not overlook uh, our negative character traits, but he will correct us day by day. And uh, scripture, it's quite clear that the Lord works more closely with his own people than, the, than with outsiders. Do you remember that in the Jeremiah uh, 25, uh, 20, uh, 29, the prophet, he explains that the, uh, the God more precisely works with his own people than with, uh, than we, uh, than we, uh, with Gentiles. Sorry. The Lord didn't turn a blind eye to Israel's faults and sins, but correct them. Something similar would uh, describe uh, the author of Hebrew regarding to believers uh, in Christ. Uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 6. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chases every son whom he receives. It is not for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as a son. For what son is there whom his father doesn't discipline? God uses discipline or correction toward Christians who cannot read for a certain manifestation of his flesh. So, Apostle Peter uses this word, judgment. Uh, He describes God's discipline over believers who tolerate sin in their lives. Uh, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11, 32, uh, Paul says, But when you are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, that's a God-cleansing judgment will come. So that we, uh, we may be spared from the final judgment upon the world. But at the same time, we can look at this rest world. If God cleanses us, if he works with us. So, in verse 18, Peter, he says, If the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So, uh, uh, process uh, of sanctification, it's not easy. Uh, it could be more, uh, a puzzle for us to face scarcely. But it means that uh, we can be challenged from the human perspective, because that's a really difficult for us. Uh, but God will work with us uh, that we have salvation from the, the meaning of sin in the, our life. At the moment of our conversion, We were saved from the power of sin. But from that time, God will work with us. We have freed from the dominion of any sin. So, and Peter raises a question about the fate of the ungodly. What will become of the ungodly and the sinner? What happened with them? If God takes sin in his children so seriously... How much more will he deal with those who reject Christ, who reject the gospel? And uh, people, he draws attention to us, uh, of us, of the coming wrath upon all the ungodly. Their sinfulness actively rebels against God, trying to exalt themselves about the king of the universe. If it happens... Uh, he will not just see at them like something small, like something 
unnoticed. And we are really blessed as a believer who have been saved by grace for Christ, who paid an unpayable debt for our own Lord in Christ. And uh, because of that, we have a lot of pity for these people around us. And uh, that's an opportunity for us to entrust ourselves to God. Let's see at the verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their soul to a faithful creator while doing good. Entrust, that's a commercial term uh, which means to deposit something as a pledge. Essentially, uh, the apostle urged believers who are going through the uh, difficulties, seconds, uh, difficulties or trials to deposit their lives as a pledge with God knowing that he will surely take care of them. So, how we can deposit to God's will? He says, while doing good. While doing good. Instead of explaining complaints, discontent, harsh words, criticism, we may an opportunity to show kindness, goodness, even taught uh, who cause you a great discomfort. So, do you remember uh, the words of our Christ in Matthew five forty four? Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and praise those who spitly, uh, spitefully uh, use you and persecute you. Sorry. This is a fundamental difference from uh, what uh, unbelievers and uh, believers are doing. Dear brothers and sisters, I have a question for you. Uh, Is there a sin inside you that you haven't confessed before God? Or that you haven't parted with? Maybe you try to fight with sin and uh, it keeps defeating you every time. If it uh, applies to you, I'd like to encourage you that Christ, he hasn't given up with you on you, but he will continue to work with you. He will continue to work for you. He will purposely, step by step, place you in challenging circumstances to purify you. Sometimes we do not perceive our circumstances from this perspective. I remember the time uh, Katya and I, we were at the conference last uh, week, uh, last uh, year, and I preached at, uh, uh, at the church of my brother, Washington State, I preached about how we can uh, join Christ. And in our back way, uh, we lost all our baggage. And I had to uh, uh, give my carry-on to, to the baggage too. Because I compelled to do, the, uh, to do that. And uh, during our flight back, I just uh, imagined in my mind... What's happened with all my stuff uh, in my carry-on? We have several cups. We, have, we had electronics there. I thought that it all would be broken and I, I will receive just a piece of uh, uh, glass, uh, glasses. So, so uh, It was necessary for me to preach the gospel at this time. I couldn't... Uh, Prepare for that. And God, he purposely put me in these difficulties, struggles, circumstances to purify myself. So, you, uh, please, view the difficulties or attack on you as a blessing from God. Let such trials bring you gratitude to the Savior and genuine joy in his transformative work. 
You do not be, uh, you do not to complain about those who bring you troubles. Please, uh, without asking why, concerning your children, husband or wives, friends, parents, fellow members at the church, let's uh, see the benefit that the Lord wants to bring you on your soul through such people who inflict you, who wounds you. We do not see people who cause us a lot of troubles from such perspective. As the psychologists say, get rid of any toxic people. The gospel, it gives us totally opposite direction. We should be closer to anyone who makes us suffering. So, because apostle, he pursues uh, not flee from such people, but to rely on God and do good to them. So, do, do good, uh, doing good, it means that sometimes we confront, conf- uh, confront these people. Sometimes we just don't say anything to them. However, we will proclaim the gospel to ourselves and to these peoples. The suffering you endure shouldn't be something easier. We don't just to minimize it. We don't uh, want to say, oh, that's not a big deal. Just keep going. Nuts. You suffer and you have emotional and maybe physical distress. We understand that. But anyway... Uh, we, we understand that's a great privilege for us. We're going through them. More than that, I would like that you'll see or think about unbelievers around you. If God is so strong with your sin in your life, then how he will pour out his wrath on your unbelievers' relatives, neighbors, or co-workers. There is a story about a wealthy Jewish man named Mr. Flex who had a sewing workshop where a Czech girl worked. One day she approached him with the question, Mr. Flex, why don't you attend an evangelical gathering organized by evangelists in our area? Mr. Flex thought to himself, she's just a seamstress. Skilled uh, ensuing buttons. Uh, maybe she needs a religion, but I'm a wealthy person. I cannot, uh, I can't imagine with God, without God. He laughed and walked away uh, without saying anything. However, the girl didn't give up and approached him early morning the, uh, for the next two weeks. When Mr. Flex replied on the ninth uh, day, saying, I'm too busy. I don't have time today. The girl unexpectedly bursted into hours, uh, tears. Why are you so upset? He replied. Uh, the girl told him, I've been praying for you that you to attend to one of the gatherings and tomorrow is the last day. If you went, you should surely believe in Jesus. If you don't accept him, you will be lost forever. When we see what God, what mercy revealed to you, to you, to us, we have this heart in our, this feeling in our heart. We want to save at least someone. Because God's wrath upon them. It's worth it to put every effort uh, and uh, to plan all our interaction that someone may uh, get acquainted with uh, Christianity, to invite someone to church or to the Bible study. We understand that uh, what's a horror or the torment a person will experience in hell. And this is why we precisely want to do everyone, uh, everything we can do
to say them. So, my dear brothers and sisters, of course, our suffering in Russia, in the US, they are different, they are not the same, but because we are Christians, we have the same suffering, the same. We are at the same page. Every believer, you and I, we can experience uh, a lot of distress, a lot of torments, but anyway, we can express deep joy in suffering for Christ. And what reasons can motivate to experience deep joy in suffering for Christ? I would say three inspiring motives. First of all, we have unity with Savior. We are united with Him. We are His children. Secondly, it's an honor for us as a believer to have suffering for Christ. And thirdly, Suffering, it's a God instrument. It's a tool for our purification, for our transformation in God's image. So that's why I would like we all bow down and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the word which St. Apostle Peter, he told us that you told through him for our souls. We understand that it's really hard for us not to blame others, not to defend ourselves, but to perceive suffering as an honor for us, suffering for you. We ask you, please give us strength. Please give us to remind ourselves that we united with you. And suffering, they just uh, help us to understand that your suffering have endured and uh, that the glory we will have in the future. Please give us an opportunity to do good to those who blame us, who make a lot of discomfort for us. Please help us to serve those who... Uh, deal with us unfairly. Please help us to reflect your character, your mood. And we want that the next week we will be blessed because we don't see any relief from our suffering, but because we have a deep joy united with you and going through different difficulties in our lives. We ask you, trusting in your glorious name, our Father, Heavenly Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.